Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hi, hang out for just one second. Coming up this Friday on the After Party Podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson, it's part three, the final chapter of our special year-end shows about the 1980s. We're going year by year talking about the news events, music, movies, pop culture, all the things from the 1980s. We already covered 1980 through 1985 in parts one and two, so this Friday, December 15th, it's going to be 1986 through 1989, the year I graduated from high school. But the only way you can listen is by subscribing to the After Party level or the Ultimate Edition level on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. So don't miss out. Again, go to bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash Show. Choose the After Party or Ultimate Edition levels, enter your information, and you're all set. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast, and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, I'm Dr. Ruth Westheimer. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And the uh, Jewish holidays are around the same time. A very good Hanukkah. And a Happy New Year. The Bob Seska Show. You get the sense that Dr. Ruth forgot what Hanukkah was or what it's called? That's what I think about every time I hear that clip. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, December 12, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1056 of the Biden-Harris administration, 328 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram and threads, my handle there, the Bob Seska. Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, and our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. And for the last time of the year, there's Buzz Burbank with the news. You yeah. say Buzz Burbank. Oh, 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 oh. oh wait a second. That's not Buzz. Merry Christmas. Santa Claus. Santa Claus hello, is here. Hi. Hello. hello. Buzz will be along shortly. Oh. But I wanted to stop by to ask Bob, yeah. have you been a good boy this year? Of course not. Are you kidding me? You should know that. Uh, your, your elf on the shelf, Tuvok, tells me you have been a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the name of my elf on the shelf. It's Tuvok, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I see Buzz headed down the hallway to share with us <laughs> okay. his favorite jokes of the year, so I'll be on my way. Excellent. And Thank you so much, Santa Claus. Uh, safe travels remember, this year. Yeah. Just, just remember, Bob, Yeah. just 12 more days and 13 more nights nights until the elves and I load up the sleigh with all the toys for all the boys and girls and go zooming around the big wide world. <laughs> okay. Merry all right. Christmas. Good, good. Thank you so much, Santa. There he goes. There he goes. Thank you. Santa stopping by. Yeah, there he is. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, and he's so enthusiastic. 
Yeah. He is. He is a very Ready jolly old soul, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know? What's so, happening? Yeah. Well, we do this, you know, every year, the last show of the year uh, that you and I do together. Uh, we, You're very kind to allow me to uh, present my 10 favorite jokes of the year. The yes. Jokes that we told right. all, all the year. We, we've weeded out, we think, most of the bad ones. And so <laughs> we're down to <laughs> these would be the, the, the top 10 jokes in no particular order, I guess, other than uh, for your own enjoyment. So perfect, here perfect. they are. All right, here we go. Uh, first of all, uh, I like this one. Uh, kids had more fun than ever in the car this year mm -hmm. uh, pl playing a new license plate game. Uh, the winner is whoever sees the most states where Trump's been indicted. <laughs> the new license plate game. <laughs> yeah. uh, an eighth grader from Florida won this year's uh, spelling bee. I don't know why you're surprised. The word was desanctimonious. <laughs> There's my favorite. Uh, while campaigning in Iowa this year, mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis autographed somebody's Bible. Mm -hmm. And you know, they still haven't been able to put out that fire. <laughs> From the lightning strike, sure. Exactly. Yeah. And we learned uh, this year that Senator Lindsey Graham was very nearly charged in the Georgia election interference case. Mm -hmm. It's a story of Lindsey's life, isn't it? Uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> I forgot about that one. I love that. <laughs> uh, Mitch McConnell froze up a couple of times on camera, you'll recall. Yeah. Uh, we were pretty worried about that blank stare of his. It was as if he'd drawn into a shell. 91-year-old <laughs> Rupert Murdoch broke off his engagement to a 66-year-old woman. Uh, Murdoch uh, apparently decided to play the field because he's not through sowing his wild dust. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the first time ever, there's now a pill to treat postpartum depression. Yep. And if it works, they're going to try to make one for women. <laughs> That's for me. Uh, the Supreme Court, for the first time in history, established a code of ethics. Yeah. Uh, a copy of the new policy was immediately posted on Clarence Thomas's luxury RV. <laughs> Uh, Dementia Trump said recently that when it came to prosecuting his enemies, quote, the genie is out of the box. <laughs> he was referring, of course, to his favorite children's story, Three Blind Wolves. <laughs> and finally, Michigan State University apologized after a picture of Adolf Hitler appeared on its video scoreboard. <laughs> Aside from the terrible timing, the scoreboard showed Hitler leading at the half. <laughs> This weekend, another family holiday special comes to TV. It's Sing Along with Bitch and Have Yourself a Whiny Little Bitchmas. You'll hear all your holiday favorites like Old Tampon Trees, Old Tampon Trees, Melania's Designing, Old Tampon Trees, Old Tampon Trees, You Look Just Like the Yes, it's Whiny Little Bitchmas, and time to celebrate. You're sure to enjoy reliving holiday cheer. When the whole team are excited, la 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 Tis the season for indictment, la 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 This is the great big carrot, la 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 He should share a cell with Jerry, la 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 And don't forget that the reason for the season is treason.
a joyous holiday. We wish you would go to prison. Our spirits will then be risen. We wish you would go to prison for the rest of your years. Gather your family around this weekend to sing along with Bitch and have yourself a whiny little bitchmas. Saturday. <laughs> On the wrong side of History Channel. <laughs> yeah, right on, Mike. Just awesome. Beautifully done. Oh and, man! And you know, have you noticed how much nicer the White House looks for Christmas this year? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know what the hell that was. What was it? I don't know. Four years ago, something like that. With those, those Camp red, scary. Yes. Yeah, awful. <laughs> it just looked like a bloody, bloody hellscape. And then naturally, yeah. And and then of course Melania, encouraged by the success of that awful Christmas display, decided, hey, you know what? Let's turn the Rose Garden into an Eastern European concrete cemetery. <laughs> That's right. exactly what happened in that place. So you should not encourage Melania Trump's decorating instincts. Well, it's what I, I like to look at it as a reminder of how much better off we are. And and I don't mean to be sappy at the holidays. <laughs> Forgive me for that. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, I think we should take a minute and, and uh, maybe be a little thankful for the fact that things are tremendously better than they were and looking yeah. very hopeful. I, uh, As far as bitchmas goes, I realize it's the, the season of Festivus. Mm -hmm. uh, Festivus is upon us on December 23rd, as I recall. Yeah. And it is for the purpose of the airing of grievances. <laughs> but uh, I, we, I think we do a little too much of that. Uh, and, and I think it's because we've been conditioned to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm still saying, and I got something today that said, this prosecution of Trump and his uh, cronies, this is going nowhere. And uh, I have proof. Uh, yes, this is this is absolutely going. To, no, no, you don't. And if that's your opinion, you clearly don't have a clear perception of what's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 so there's still a lot of. But we've been as progressives. I think we've been sort of trained to react badly to, to everything, you know, yeah, to find yeah. to find the dark lining in every silver cloud. And it's really time for us to bust out of that because things really have and are turning around, however slowly they're turning around. And, you know, in fact, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because right after the holiday break, we're going to go away for two weeks at the end of this week. And when we come back, one of our first guests in the new year is going to be Greg Sargent. And he's going to talk about he's going to talk about why the fatalism around the possibility of Trump winning is overblown. Yep. So I'll be really interested. He wrote a piece about this, and we're going to get into it with Greg. And it's been a while since Greg's been on the show, so I'm glad well, to have him back. Well, he, he is uh, one of my absolute <clears throat> favorite uh, columnists at the Washington Post. I, yeah. I have a couple. The other is Jennifer Rubin, who I think does an amazing job. Yeah. But but uh, this guy, I, I mean, I, I I follow Greg Sargent for for so long, and and uh, what he's about to say or what he says in his recent column, if you can find, go just go look for Greg Sargent's recent columns. On the Washington Post, you mm -hmm. can find this yeah. uh, that he'll be talking about on Bob's show after the first of the year. Uh, this is a, a very clear-eyed individual. This is a guy who yeah. knows all the bad stuff that you know. He yeah. knows. Yeah. He knows. But he also has good evidence as to why we shouldn't let this get us down. The election is still a year away. The uh, polls are still bullshit at this point. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, bullshit. We're not there yet, and uh, things are actually better than they appear and people need to start seeing that yeah and i think we're starting to see it we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show yes, regarding the yes. economy and people's yes. perception of the economy and yes. in fact that uh, 
That Greg Sargent piece is called Enough with All the Fatalism About a Trump Dictatorship. So we're going to talk about that. I believe, what was the date of that? Oh, yeah, that'll be uh, January 3rd. It'll be right right after we get back. So we're going to start the year out uh, on an optimistic note. Uh, And so that'll be fun. But in the meantime, before we get into more politics here and Jack Smith and the Supreme Court, we got to talk about this. Yeah. The uh, final episode of our podcast series on the after party about the 80s is coming up this Friday. Uh, This past Friday, Kimberly and I talked about 1983, 84, 85. As we said, the most 80-ish of all the 80s years. (laughs) And, oh, God, the music from 1984 that we featured on the show. Talk about setting the Wayback Machine for all of that. So, uh, and we've been barely packing everything into an episode. I think we went like 20 minutes too long on Friday's episode wow. to get just those three years into the uh, into the uh, casing of the show. And then coming up this Friday, <laughs> I think it's going to be a four-hour podcast because we're talking about 1986, 87, 88, and 89. So four years into one single episode of the After Party coming up this right. Friday. And so... The uh, details will will be a little bit abbreviated, so we're not going to talk about, like, all of the music and all of the movies and everything we've been doing for previous years. Yeah, I just can't. Just can't. We'll try to get in as much as we can and make sure. Highlights. Exactly. We're going to cover just, just get to those four years, and then we're going to wrap it up for the year, and that'll be it for the after party. Plus, you know what? While we're here, while we're talking about the show... Uh, we have some amazing best of episodes for our two week break. So when we go away, there will still be shows and some of our favorite shows of uh, 2023. Plus, I've got the indie Christmas playlist coming up for our Patreon subscribers with all of your favorite indie recording artists that drops this weekend, along with a video version as well. So there'll be an audio version of it, plus a video version that you can play on your TV if you're having a holiday party or get together something silly that we're going to put up there for you i'll do that uh patreon.com slash bob seska show to subscribe the only way you can hear the 80s series by the way is is if you subscribe to the after party level for ten dollars a month so go to bob show.com or patreon.com slash bob seska show sign up for the after party level and then you'll be able to hear you can also hear if you sign up to the ultimate edition level for fifteen dollars a month and that'll also get you a commercial-free version of the free shows, etc. All the things that we offer on our Patreon page that's uh, waiting for you. Patreon.com slash Bob Show. Yeah, I've been reading great things about the 80s series, and I've, I've got to listen to the latest one because that's the period of time. The music that you were talking about in the yeah. mid-80s, uh, those, were the, those were the songs we were playing on the radio when I was a Chicago DJ at that time. I mean, those are the oh, songs yeah. that, uh, quite honestly, I learned to become a DJ, listening to those <laughs> songs on the radio. And I it, talk about how in this period of time, 83, 84, 85, uh, instead of actually buying the records at a record store, my parents would right. just get me a blank tape and say, okay, you just tape your songs off the radio, and <laughs> right, that'll be right. a less expensive way to go. And you know what? At the time, I would grumble about it, but now looking back, that's how I learned to be a DJ. That's how I learned to talk up uh, records right up to where the right. lyrics begin and 
all that stuff, but just from memorizing what the DJs were saying, <laughs> it's, it's, listening it's to funny. it over and over again. Yeah. It, what's funny to me is that you and I are, are, are and Kimberly are of, of different generations. Yeah. You and Kimberly in, in sort of one and me in another. And and yet we have 80s music in common. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that, that's, that's my favorite music also. Well, it was your generation of DJs that I was listening to. And right. so that so. that's where I was learning. And then, of course, once I started interning for you in 1993, that's when I was really infused with the Buzz Burbank philosophy of broadcasting. And so that's that's <laughs> wow. That's really seriously carried with me throughout. I mean, I when I was and, first. And, and, and... Friends, I apologize for that. <laughs> well, when I was first in radio, I was doing uh, newscasts at the top of every hour because right. I was working right. at a full-service AM radio station in Reading, Pennsylvania. Right. And right. at the top of the hour, we always had to do a, a news report right up to the uh, network news coming down from ABC. And so uh, I was doing my best Buzz Burbank impression every time <laughs> I would do a newscast, right up through the and finally... <laughs> That's what I was. I just did that. Yeah, I, I invent. I don't know if you know. I invented that. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things that uh, I'm so grateful for is that uh, experience standing there behind you in the newsroom oh. for the better part of a year. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I. I'm, I'm humbled. I know. I know that much. All right, so let's get into things here today because we've got a lot yeah. of news to, to cover here before we uh, wrap up for the year. Including uh, good stuff. Uh, you know what? In fact, while we're talking about programming notes, I oh, yes. should mention that tomorrow's guest is a big one. Tomorrow's guest is an actor from Star Trek Enterprise, <laughs> the great John Billingsley, who played Dr. Phlox on Star Trek Enterprise, is going to be on the show tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. I liked him very much. I liked his character very much. I like his voice very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, great guy. Great actor. Yeah, so uh, Jack Smith just completely outflanked Donald Trump with oh, the Supreme Court. This is such great news. I love this story because... Who, who saw this coming? I did not see this coming. And it just, it whizzed by us at the speed of light. Yeah, that Jack yeah. Smith raced ahead of everyone here. Well, the thing is, Jack Smith knew... I mean, and it's obvious to everybody if you really take a look at it. I mean, anyone sure. who's been observing Donald Trump for any length of time, especially when he's in legal jeopardy, his entire move is to delay, delay, delay. And so right. he was going to use the Supreme Court in this case to continuously delay over the issue of presidential immunity. Right. Those are the two. You just rang the two bells. Yeah. Uh, the two things Trump wanted, a delay yeah. and immunity, right? Yeah. Right. And so as a consequence of that, Jack Smith just said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I'm going to take this directly to the Supreme Court, which is one right. of those things that happens. Uh, it's rare. On a, yeah. On a, it's rare, but it's happened Very rare. before, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, he asked the, the court on Monday to rule on Trump's argument that he's immune from prosecution. And then the justices, according to the New York Times, agreed to fast track the first phase of the case. So yeah. Mr. Smith's request was uh, unusual in two ways. He asked the justices to rule before an appeals court acted, and he urged them to move with exceptional speed. Right. Now, we're all used to the, the seeing the, the justice system move at a snail's pace, and, yeah. and, and we're all very frustrated by that, and, and it's one of the most common things I hear is, why is this taking so long? Mm -hmm. uh, the appeals court that uh, otherwise would have handled this question of immunity uh, it took 11 and a half months to decide whether Trump was immune from a civil lawsuit, much less a criminal action. We don't have, Jack Smith feels, 
especially with an election coming. Jack Smith feels that we don't have 11 and a half months to wait for those jokers, yeah. that this needed to go directly to the Supreme Court. What he did, he went over their heads. He went around the Court of Appeals, and this is very unusual. It happened in Nixon's day, and Jack Smith is arguing this kind of urgency is attached to it. He said, I know this is an extraordinary request. These are extraordinary times, and what the court has done here is ruled that we will rule quickly on whether we will rule. Yeah. But even that, even that quick response from the Supreme Court is astounding. And I guess they have, what, like nine days or until sometime late next week yeah. uh, for Trump's lawyers to respond to all this. Right. And uh, Lawrence Tribe was on with Lawrence last night, and he was saying that, you know, it would behoove Donald Trump to actually play along with this and speed up this process because it's Donald Trump's constitutional rights that are uh, being restricted right now. And so you would think that Donald Trump would want to get to a place where the Supreme Court is saying, hey, you know what? You're immune. It won't get to that place. <laughs> and maybe yeah. Trump knows that. But at least what I think will happen here is if they're smart, and God, I'm hearing myself say that. I'm going, you know what? It's a coin toss. Yeah, Donald Trump's going to make things worse for Donald Trump. He's going to try to delay this. Uh, but if he had a brain in his head, he would actually try to expedite this a little bit. Because if it goes his way, that's it. Game over. He can't be prosecuted. But I don't think it's going to go that way. It's, will it? it's I don't know. I don't no. think it will. I think I'm predicting seven to two. I think Alito and uh, Thomas uh, will vote for Trump, yeah. and uh, the other seven, I think, uh, believe it or not, will vote against him and and vote to expedite uh, yeah. this. Uh, I, Trump's not going to get his delay, and he's not going to get his immunity. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled on that. Uh, in Nixon's day, and ruled that Nixon didn't did not have immunity. If if Nixon had had if presidents have immunity, uh, as Keith Olbermann asked this morning, then how is it possible uh, that uh, Nixon would ask for and get a pardon? Yeah. from Gerald Ford. Uh, why would he need a pardon if he's immune? <laughs> well, <laughs> right. okay, right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, next, you know, Supreme Court next case. Uh, this is this is easier than it looks. And you know, I I don't know or care what Trump wants. I just know he's going to lose this. Yeah, yeah, because he's arguing uh, among other things is that this would be double jeopardy based on the impeachment process in Congress, right, right, right. which isn't a criminal proceeding. No, it is not. It's, so it it's doesn't, not. Yeah. It, yeah, a double jeopardy does not apply because we're, that did not go through the justice system. That did not go through the criminal justice system. It went through the legislature, which is a whole different branch of government. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jack Smith wrote in his filing, he said, the, the case presents a fundamental question at the heart of our democracy. Whether a former president is absolutely immune from federal <laughs> prosecution for crimes committed while in office or is constitutionally protected from federal prosecution when he has been impeached but not convicted before the criminal proceedings begin. And by the way, I want to make sure that we're clear on this. There is a, I believe it's from the year 2000, there is a Department of Justice OLC memo that I was able to track down at some point a couple of years ago when I was still writing for Salon. And that OLC memo lays it all out that yes, a president who was acquitted in the Senate on impeachment charges can, can, can be mm -hmm. prosecuted for the same crime after he leaves office. That is an yeah. established OLC memo. And we remember from the Bill Barr era 
how closely held those OLC memos are. A lot of decisions are made within uh, the Department of Justice based on those memos. And we saw Bill Barr make a lot of decisions based on those memos. So in this way, I think this particular OLC memo, if it applies at all, if it's actually used by Jack Smith, I think uh, that will help his case significantly. Not that he necessarily needs help, <laughs> because oh, yeah. I think this is pretty uh, pretty open and shut. And everything, uh, yeah. everything Jack Smith has brought forward has been slam dunk. This yeah. guy does not mess around. No, I know a lot of our listeners realize that, know that, and appreciate that. I, I know there are a lot of people who who haven't gotten the word yet. Uh, that guy's getting it done. Yeah, uh, and and uh, he's not messing around. Uh, he is a, absolutely a force to be reckoned with, and he has the law and the evidence on his side. It would be one thing if he were some kind of blowhard, he was uh, some kind of, you know, if he were showboating. No, that's not what's happening here. This guy has the goods. Yes, he does, and he's got precedent behind him as far as this yeah. goes because the court has done it before, once involving the Nixon tapes, the New York Times mm -hmm. noted. Exactly. And more recently, the Supreme Court ruled by a 7-2 to two vote in Trump v. Vance in 2020, that Mr. Trump had no absolute right to block the release of his financial records in a criminal investigation. So that particular ruling by this court, right? this is the portend yeah. of, I think, how they're going to rule on, and as you even said, seven to two. So that's a pretty good prediction. Yeah. I think I think that's what it'll be again, and they they've yeah. sort of they've set sort of a precedent here. They've mm -hmm. certainly uh, signaled their uh, signaled their intentions. I think. Yeah, yeah, and here's the big thing, right. and it goes like this: if the Supreme Court rules in favor of Donald Trump, uh -huh. the power of presidential immunity would immediately be applied to Joe Biden as well. <laughs> allowing this current president to do whatever he wants without fear of prosecution. And, by the way, he could pardon his accomplices. He can do this anyway. But he could pardon his accomplices in, in those actions. So Joe Biden could, without any due process whatsoever, arrest and imprison Donald Trump if he wanted to. And then pardon everyone who was involved in that endeavor. Based on this ruling, I mean, it gives absolute power to the president. And as right. I say, with a lot of these sorts of things, the door swings both ways. It yeah, doesn't just true. apply to Republican presidents. It applies to the current Democratic president as well. Right. right. So this goddamn idiot, Donald Trump, is risking that eventuality. Well, yes, that could actually. And we know that Joe Biden obviously wouldn't operate outside the law like that. But it's it's the idea of it. It's the idea you that know, he could, you know? No, it's actually brilliant that you bring this up because yeah. even though neither one of us think it's going to go that way, yeah. uh, don't you think that at least one of the Supreme Court justices has, uh, the, this has crossed their minds? Don't yeah. you think this has occurred to one of them as well? Uh, the, the, the precedent this sets and, and how much sense or not this makes? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so yeah. Yeah, that's a legitimate thing you bring up there. If they were to rule in that way, it would mean Joe Biden could go nuts. And I think that's a good reminder to uh, to uh, frightened conservatives. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to end up going that way. Well, here's one thing that Joe Biden could do, uh, given absolute immunity. <laughs> he could arrest yeah. Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all oh, things. Man. I, the wrongs we could write. The, the places, as, as Dr. Seuss might say, oh, the places we could go. Yeah. Uh, the the wrongs we could write, uh, the, the things we could do if we had that. But, uh, you know, then then what happens after that? Then yeah. we start abusing the power. Yeah. So 
it's it's not how this democracy, this democratic republic, is supposed to work. No, and uh, I think the Supreme Court uh, will keep it on track in that regard. Yeah, I mean, the power that the Supreme Court would be bestowing upon the presidency, yeah, would they end the yeah, it would end the republic. That would be the end could, of democracy. To, could, to could it be the end? It could be the end of the Supreme Court, depending on an election. Well, yeah, well, of yeah, course it could. I mean, th- that makes the president a dictator if the president right. is no longer bound by the rule of law. Right. And uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. There is maybe, no maybe, way in hell that maybe the Supreme Court's going to rule this way. Maybe they'd let uh, Biden be a dictator for just one day, just day one. <laughs> just one day, because that's all yeah. it takes, right? Yeah, right. Well, and that's a bunch of bullshit, by the way, too. Oh, I'm just going to be a dictator for one day. How would he then enforce the things he was dictating on day one <laughs> if he just decided, okay, well, I'm no longer that's, a dictator now? You just made the best argument. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. That's it. Case closed. But here's the thing. Naturally, Donald Trump said he was joking. That was right. a big, it was a big joke. Like the whole thing where he was accidentally saying Obama instead of Biden during right. all those rallies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a joke. I was, I meant to do that. The Pee Wee Herman thing. I meant to do that. Well, he did it again with his, I want to be a dictator for just one day. And then I think he has said it again since. I'd have to double check, but I, I caught wind of him saying a new version of it even after saying that's not what he said. So, yeah. and his camp is, and he's confused, you know, because he is anyway. <laughs> yeah. But he's confused because his people, his campaign, uh, they're going nuts running around telling people, stop talking about this <laughs> I dictator know. stuff. Yeah. And, and it, it, the problem is the guy who's talking about it is him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've got a, you know, they've got a problem there that, that, uh, only his, only a zipper on his mouth can solve. Yeah. Yeah. So he said here on Troth, Troth Central, Troth, Truth yeah. Central, he said, uh, fake news writer, Peter Obama Baker of the failing <laughs> New York times readership and subscriptions way down from the good old Trump years. Whose claim to fame is that quote, he will never write anything good about the great job. President Trump did unquote, just wrote in a major front page story that I want to be a dictator, but doesn't mention it. It was said in a joking manner and completed with, but only for a day because I'm going to close the border and drill, 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 a much different attitude and meeting. <sighs> that was all one sentence, by the way. Just to and, be clear. and then he, he turned around at like a rally or something. He was speaking to his base then mm-hmm. publicly uh, yeah. with a microphone, uh, said uh, <laughs> that he would still do those things. That, yes, of course know, he would. That's why he said he would do those things in the first place, closing the border, etc. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, on day one as a dictator. So he's still out there saying that's what he'll do. So... Uh, you know, there's a there's confusion in the in the Trump campaign message. And of course, Donald Trump is all about personal restraint, right? Plays it safe, Bob. Always has played it safe. <laughs> Just Herculean powers of restraint coming from Donald Trump. No, no, no one's ever saying that. That's Mr. ridiculous. Mr. Low-key, we call him. Yeah, right, right. So uh, that is that. We've got more from Donald Trump and uh, his chickening out of the uh, New York City fraud case here in a second. Plus some tiny Trump sound uh, about, mm-hmm. well, this, is, this plays right into the dictator thing. Like I he's see. he's extending his dictatorial powers to right. law enforcement. We're going to talk about that here in a bit. Well, yeah. uh, before before we go away, do you do you have the rim shot handy? I do. Okay. Well, here, I, I this is the only joke I wrote for today's show. Okay. I'm I'm a little less worried about Trump becoming a dictator. Yeah. I hear I hear he's having trouble growing that little mustache. <laughs> Thank you. I <laughs> see that's that's, that's right. out of my system now. <laughs> 
Oh, man. You know what? We're going to talk about something. Speaking of little mustaches, we've got to talk about yes. something on the uh, Shatter Docket portion of the show regarding mm. young people, uh, that uh, 18 yeah. to 29 demo, and Holocaust yeah. denialism. Yeah. <laughs> and and I might throw in a word about how they're not voting yeah, this yeah, year. In, yeah. In, yeah. Next year. We will talk about that on the Shatter Docket portion of the show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Meantime, we have to talk about, well, there's more Jack Smith news, first of all. And second of all, we've got to talk about this horrendous Supreme Court decision in Texas uh, regarding abortion and, of course, the ongoing story of uh, Kate Cox and what's been happening there. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I hope Kate Cox has been invited to speak at the Democratic Convention this summer. I'm just I hope saying. She's well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because this is an absolute uh, absurdity, this entire thing. And it's not just the ruling itself, it's the fact that there needs to be a ruling at all. And so uh, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more coming up here on the last Tuesday show of 2023, back after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Oh, 
Oh yeah, Karma and the Killjoys. Wow. Yeah, there's a song called Amelia, one of my favorites from 2023. Wow. Such a great song, isn't it? Oh man, Gwen Stefani immediately came to mind. That force, I love this. Yeah, so good. Got a link in the description to support Karma and the Killjoys at bobseska.com. Find this episode dated 12-12-23. Click that link. Scroll on down and you'll find links to support all the independent recording artists on today's show. Thank you. Thank you for listening. That's rare. Thank you, yeah. It's rare and exciting to hear a woman sing with that force. I love that. Let's see. Where are we here? All right. So, uh, Jack Smith's expert witnesses in uh, the same case that we were just talking about in right. uh, the Judge Chutkin, D.C. case, Right. This, a, is, this yeah. is in which a, a Trump is charged uh, with trying on multiple levels illegally to overturn the results of the 2020 election. So that includes uh, J6 and all, almost all related to it. Yes. And so he's got some witnesses now who have a ton of cell phone data from January 6th and the days before January 6th, uh, including cell phone data from Donald Trump's cell phone itself. Right. White so, House cell phone, yeah. Yes. So on Monday, Smith filed a notice detailing evidence he'll be introducing at Trump's trial on charges of conspiracy, etc. The filing gives notice to the court that Smith plans to call three expert witnesses to testify about phone data from January 6th. Okay, wow. so. That's huge. That's huge. This is a big day, big week. Yeah. Expert number one will testify about location data on those cell phones. Mm -hmm. Expert one plotted the location history data for Google accounts and devices associated with the individuals who moved on January 6, 2021 from the an area came from within the house. Yeah, from an area at or near the ellipse to an uh -huh. area encompassing the United States Capitol building. The testimony will describe and explain the resulting graphical representations of that data and will aid in the jury will aid the jury in understanding the movements of individuals toward the Capitol area during and after the defendant's speech at the ellipse. So I think what they're going to do is correlate the timing of Donald Trump saying, OK, we're going to go down to the Capitol and I'm going to join you. They're going to correlate that with the movement of the people at the ellipse from the ellipse to the Capitol building. So as to right. say, OK, well, here's Donald Trump saying we're going to go to the Capitol and then everyone goes to the Capitol, putting the onus squarely on Donald Trump for right. that movement. Right. Right. Expert number two will provide background on the first expert's testimony. The government <laughs> expects that expert two will testify about the process of determining device location, the collection and use of location history data by Google LLC, and location history data produced in response to a search warrant and included in the graphical representation prepared by expert one. His, her testimony will aid the jury in understanding the movements of individuals toward the Capitol area during and after the defendant's speech at the ellipse. So there's more background in terms of the technical side of how that data was ascertained. Right. The third witness is the big fucking deal in all of this, as Joe Biden would say. The third expert witness promises to introduce the most potentially explosive evidence. Expert three has knowledge, skill, experience, training, and education beyond the ordinary layperson regarding the analysis of cellular phone data, including the use of Twitter and who was popular on Twitter at that time? <laughs> hmm, who could that be? And other applications on cell phones. The government expects that Expert 3 will testify that he, she, one, 
extracted and processed data from the White House cell phones used by the defendant and one other individual, individual one. Uh-huh. Number two, and by the way, we're talking about Donald Trump in number one there. Right. Number two, reviewed and analyzed data on the defendant's phone and on individual one's phone, including analyzing images found on the phones and websites visited. Hmm. You know what I thought of when I read that? I don't know this to be the case, Buzz, but one of those things where someone wants to, let's say, commit tax fraud. And like deceive the IRS about their tax liability for a particular year. Uh And then the IRS goes and investigates and finds out that that person was researching on Google how you evade taxes. (laughs) So it's one of those things. Like maybe there's something in Donald Trump's cell phone that indicates motive and intention for these crimes that he's on the hook for in D.C. Yeah, yeah, you, you very well could be right. I think I think it will also be used to show what he didn't do in response yeah. to the riot. Yeah. yeah, and it could also have to do with things he planned to tweet or things he was DMing to other right. people using right. yeah. Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. They already had, I believe, all the DMs. Uh, all the, yeah, they got complete access to his... Uh, old Twitter account anyway, and they got yeah. all the DMs and all the, uh, uh, you know, I, I, there's uh, something else. There's a, Oh, there, there's some way you can post things that don't get publicly seen. There's another place to store that stuff. I don't remember oh, what drafts. it is now. You can use the drafts, drafts folder. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That was David yeah. Petraeus's thing. When David right, Petraeus yeah, was having using, that affair, he was using drafts, yeah. Using the drafts folder, uh, using DMs, those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Well, they have all that already. So yeah. this uh, cell phone data is just icing on the cake, really. <laughs> very, very delicious icing at that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as I said, number two, reviewed and analyzed data on the defendant's phone and on individual right. one's phone. Right. Number three, determined the usage of these phones throughout the post-election period, including on and around January 6, 2021. You know, there may be something in Donald Trump's, whether it's his DMs on Twitter and the draft thing or somewhere else on his cell phone that indicates that he knew he lost the election and may also indicate his hand in ordering people like Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and the other co-conspirators to do things like the Coffee County infiltration and so forth. Right, right. So this could be highly revealing and on the record, on an indelible record carried by corporations like Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, and Google and so forth, right? Yeah. Oh, just to have the data from, say, November 1st to February 1st, yeah. uh, that, that would seem to provide everything you'd need. Yeah, yeah. And And uh, finally, number four, specifically identified the periods of time during which the defendant's phone was unlocked and the Twitter application was open on Uh January 6th. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) Never closed it, yeah. Right. I think this may have to do with whether or not Donald Trump was wanting to encourage the insurrectionists or to get them to stop doing what they were doing. <laughs> and I think this will show that Donald Trump was encouraging and and, and motivated to keep those insurrectionists going and going and going. It was and, flattery to him. Yeah, and who the hell knows? I mean, there could be right. something in there regarding Mike Pence and the attempted assassination yes. of Mike Pence. You know, all kinds of revealing uh, information regarding motive. And I think that's going to be the key in all of this. Did Donald Trump really want this mob to overthrow the election? 
And I think the case that Jack Smith is making is, yeah, and here's proof from his phone, for God's sake, and individual one's phone as well. Pretty nice fly on your head, Mike Pence. Be ashamed if anything happened to it. <laughs> and, and right. that's, that's one of the most insane aspects of this entire thing is that... Isn't it? Did you ever think, did you ever think that you'd be saying these words? Yeah, that Donald Trump legitimately wanted his vice president to be executed. Yeah, he wouldn't mind. Yeah, of course, you'd be totally into it. Yeah, right. Because that was the whole thing behind January 6th. Because even if Donald Trump, and I believe Donald Trump was directly involved in the planning and execution of January 6th. However, let's say, just for the sake of argument, that he wasn't, and it just spontaneously happened, driven Mm -hmm. by the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and their plans to do something on January 6th. And again, I'm I'm hypothesizing. Let's say it was out of his control. Yeah. Yeah. He knew that whatever chaos was being stirred up from the moment that first insurrectionist broke through the barricades mm-hmm. on January 6th, he knew that the end result could significantly benefit him. Sure. So therefore, he did not want to stop it. And this is, right. again, this is me hypothesizing that, well, maybe he didn't have anything to do with the planning of it, which he did. But right. if he didn't, he either way he either got way. what he wanted and and right, those right. Are, are practically the words Jack Smith has argued uh, yeah. so far to the court is that uh Trump's people did it, it, one of one of and you can do this this is allowed uh, this is under the federal rules of evidence I, I think I said this before you're allowed to say things outside of the crime period so uh, something uh, Trump said well before this the period of this J6 crime mm-hmm. or something he has said since the commission of yeah. the J6 those can be introduced as evidence and 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 uh, Jack Smith has argued that uh, under and and rightfully so under the federal rules of evidence that uh, by Trump embracing the Proud Boys, they're you know appraising their prison choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, that by doing that, he, Trump is admitting that uh, those rioters, those Proud Boys who were in prison for for doing what they did, mm-hmm. uh, did exactly what he wanted them to do. Uh, that that his embrace of them proves they did what he wanted them to do. Yeah. Next case, Your Honor. Yeah, I, remember the two big things I talk about over and over again, which is Trump always makes things worse for Trump. And the other thing is that this, these are the dumbest crooks in the history of dumb crooks. Yes, there is. I'm very confident. I would say I'm extremely confident in the fact that this cell phone data has incriminating evidence that will show Donald Trump's motives and intentions on and before January 6th. Jack Smith wouldn't have it in his arsenal if it wasn't that important. Well, yeah, there's that. There's the fact that Jack Smith is, yeah, he's a crackerjack prosecutor. I don't know. He wouldn't suddenly, have I'm in with ni- <laughs> suddenly I'm in the 1940s. But you, you know <laughs> what I mean? But the other thing is that Donald Trump's an idiot, and, and the people surrounding Donald Trump are idiots. Right. And so collectively, sure. they were trying to overthrow the election, they were trying to stage a coup. And they were doing it in the dumbest way possible, showing a and, huge and, amount of evidence proving that that's what they wanted to do. And for the purpose of underscoring, Jack Smith would not have bothered with his cell phone evidence if there wasn't something there. That's right. So now we move on to the Texas Supreme Court and uh, an outrage and atrocity here that has made this thought circulate in my head quite a bit lately and obviously throughout, you know, since the Dobbs decision was overturned. Uh-huh. And and that thought is, Buzz, uh, and we'll set it up this way, women in America would be well within their rights to absolutely revolt against what is going on right now. 
especially in Texas, where the Supreme Court there on Monday overturned a lower court allowing an abortion for a pregnant woman whose fetus was diagnosed with a fatal condition hours after her lawyers said that she had decided to leave Texas for the procedure in the face of the state's abortion ban. So uh-huh, we win. Yeah. The Texas Supreme Court basically said, no, you can't have an abortion based on uh-huh, your medical condition right now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then Kate Cox, who's the woman in this case, uh, yes. decided to go and do it in a different state, which, by the way, opens her up for other kinds yes. of legal jeopardy, yes, the bounty does. hunter Worth law it. and all the rest of it. Worth the fight. Yeah. So she's and, basically. And bless bless yeah. her for taking that on, although she really has no choice. She's talking about her own health here. Yeah. Uh, and, and a baby that will not survive. Yeah. Uh, this is. And, and this ruling comes from old white Texas men who know nothing about pregnancy, women, or certainly nothing uh, about medicine, yeah. uh, making a medical decision uh, over overruling uh, the advice of her doctor. Uh, this is the party that doesn't uh, think government should be interfering in your personal life. Yeah. Uh, this is such an outrage, and I'm with you, Bob. I, I hope that as with the Roe decision, that women rise up again and Women, I'm sorry, you have to. Uh, yeah. We know that we will be there with you again uh, for this fight, but it is time to, to to rise up against this cruel absurdity. It really is. That's a great way to put it. Cruel absurdity. And the thing is, women are a majority in this country. And yep. if women wanted to knock the whole thing down and change the way things are run, overturn the what patriarchy... They could, they actually have the democratic power to be able to do that, small d democratic power to do that. Right. And so I think that is, uh, first of all, well within their rights and something that really, quite honestly, needs to happen in the United States. I think I think this country needs to be run entirely by women. I think that it's about time for that. I mean, this, this anger, this rage uh, that women across the country are feeling uh, about what uh, Texas has just done, what Texas Republicans have just done. Uh, gee, it'd be a shame if they were still that pissed off on Election Day. Yeah, I know, I know. And there's there's a lot of confidence that that will uh, certainly be the case. I think this next election, I think the next... Here we uh, go again. Yeah, the next uh, half dozen to a dozen elections, uh, national uh, elections, will be yeah, driven by this the, issue. You got the fence handy because here it is, Republicans once again peeing on the electric fence. Yes, and you know you should never, ever, ever do that. Right. Thank you. So Thank the, you. the court, the Supreme Court in Texas, ruled that the lower court made a mistake in ruling that the woman, Kate Cox, who is more than 20 weeks pregnant, was entitled to a medical exception. In the seven-page ruling, Supreme Court found that Mrs. Cox's doctor, Damla Carson, quote, asked a court to pre-authorize the abortion, yet she could not, or at least did not, attest to the court that Miss Cox's condition poses the risks the exceptions require. The ruling, which applied only to Miss Cox's current pregnancy, suggests that the court would not be open to readings of the law that would expand the medical exception in Texas beyond all but the most serious cases. The fact that Miss Cox decided to leave the state rather than wait for a ruling underscored the difficulty of seeking court permission for an abortion in the midst of a pregnancy. The legal authorization she obtained from the lower court was put on hold when Ken Paxton, the criminal state attorney general, 
appealed right. to the Texas Supreme Court, but uncertain of when a ruling would come, her lawyer said on Monday that she had decided to seek an abortion in a state where it is legal. Mm-hmm. So, and again, the details of the case itself, it, right. it's secondary to the awful reality that a woman has had to go before a panel where if, six of the nine justices are men, first of all, and ask, beg for permission. If if she does not get this abortion, she is a candidate, certainly, to die of sepsis. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this is what Republicans are doing, sentencing women to death. It's so important to them that every baby be born, even though it'll die seconds or minutes or hours later, mm-hmm. uh, it's important to them that every baby be born, even if it kills the mother. Yeah. And this business, and, and uh, we need to talk, if, if we can for a moment, about the word exceptions. Yeah. Uh, never has there been such bullshit. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, Republicans have attached the word exceptions to their various abortion banning bills and yeah. that's what they really are and they include the word exceptions mm-hmm. to make it acceptable to the voting public yep. as you can see as we've just seen in the texas judicial system the exceptions are bullshit the exceptions are trick language to in the end at any cost prevent any woman for any reason from having an abortion they say there are exceptions the behavior of the texas supreme court proves there are not women Everyone rise up. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because we often end up playing the exceptions game. Right. Where Republicans will say, well, okay, we want to ban all abortions, including in cases of rape and incest, etc. Like, it's like we're arguing for the exceptions and then forgetting that the umbrella idea is to ban abortion. Right. That's what it is at the at the heart of it. Yeah, exactly. And what we should be arguing back is forget the exceptions. We want abortion to be legal. This is health care for women who have right. a, who can have this medical condition that is life threatening, irrespective of the possibility of some form of uh, birth defect or legitimate threat to the life of the pregnant woman. The fact of the matter is, as soon as you get pregnant, that is a threat to your life. That is a potentially deadly medical condition that you should be able to opt out of. And this case is a great example of that. No woman should have to go to a panel of nine men, or I should say six men out of a panel of nine, and ask for permission to get a medical procedure that could ameliorate her death. Exactly. F them. Seriously, F them. I can't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. And and I think the job this week, I, I like to come up with little tasks for us all. To <laughs> and, Homework. And this, yeah. this, this week for the Bob Seska Club members, mm-hmm. I think uh, what our job is is to point that out whenever that comes up for discussion. Yeah. And as, as it does uh, on the subject of abortion, uh, exceptions are bullshit. Exceptions. The Texas Supreme Court just ruled that exceptions aren't. Um, okay, so before we take a quick break, I want to talk about this real quick. I've got a tiny Trump clip here, and this plays into what we've been talking about for some time now, Project 2025, what Trump yeah. would do if he becomes president. And again, yeah, again, we're going to be talking about the upside, more positive, optimistic look at things uh, with Greg Sargent after the new year. But yeah. in the meantime, I mean, obviously, I'm still deeply concerned that if Donald Trump wins, that's going to be it for democracy. And one of yeah, the things... Yeah. One of the ways he's going to achieve that kind of dictatorial status is he's pledging to indemnify law enforcement 
from citizen lawsuits. This would give law enforcement unfettered power similar to the kind of power Donald Trump wants. Donald Trump wants to be immune from prosecution. Well, he's offering that kind of immunity also to law enforcement. Which means they don't have to protect their heads as they push them into the police cars. Yeah, so uh, Tiny Trump escaped from his cigar box, as he often does, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, went out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he gets out. Yeah, dressed up in a did, teeny did, tiny uh, tuxedo, I noticed, too. Did you leave it unlocked? I don't know how he gets out. You know what? He's clever. He can pick a lock. I think I think he's gotten to the point where, like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park, he's learned to open he's, doors. He's slippery, see? Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. clever little bastard who's bitey as hell. Keep your fingers away. If you see tiny Trump in the wild, keep your fingers hey, away from his hey, mouth. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Is he biting you? He was biting me, yes. <laughs> okay, so here's Tiny Trump talking about how he wants to indemnify police. And I like the the reaction from a bunch of people on Twitter saying that, oh, yeah, he sure. must have just learned this word. Someone must have just whispered the word indemnify to him exactly. recently. Yeah, yeah, here we go. We're going to do something that I will say is slightly controversial, but it shouldn't be. We are going to indemnify policemen and precincts and states and cities from being sued. We want them to do their job. Our police and law enforcement has to come back and they want to come back and they want to do their job and we are going to indemnify them so they don't lose their wife, their family, their pension and their job. We are going to indemnify policemen and law enforcement and we're going to tell them to get out. We love you. Do your job. So... Yeah, you get the sense that he really loves that word now. He said an yeah. indemnify, what, a dozen times? And, and that's exactly right. He just learned that word from somebody, yeah. and he's so excited to use it because it makes him sound smart, which he isn't, and he needs that cover. Yeah, yeah. So let's use this in the form of a sentence, Buzz. Derek Chauvin. If Derek mm-hmm. Chauvin uh, had executed George Floyd, let's say two years from now, after Donald uh-huh. Trump becomes president, Derek Chauvin would have gotten away with it. Donald Trump, I mean, uh, said <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, Derek Chauvin would have uh, gotten away with it and uh, been uh, immune from prosecution, he, I assume. He would have been yeah. I, in, indemnified. Indemnified. Yeah, by the way, did I mention indemnification? He's going to be indemnified. He wants to do this. He wants the, wants the cops to go out and do their job because they're yeah. indemnified. What, what, I ask you, could go wrong? <laughs> no. Plus, uh, of course, we know Donald Trump chickened out of testifying in the New York City fraud case. Uh, yeah, big chicken. Um, yeah, and we'll work what? on our chicken impressions over the holidays. <laughs> that was a half-assed chicken impression from both of us. I think we just like didn't really put the, any sort of. It is uh, the last show of it. the year, after all. Give us a break. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, I was ho- <laughs> I was hoping all the chicken talk on social media would have uh, pulled some psychology with Trump, and he would. Oh, you know what? Everyone's saying I'm chicken, so I'm going to go. And oh, I'm sure it bothers him. I, I yeah. know that he knows of it, and I know that it bothers him. He yeah. just has to ignore hmm. it and pretend that it doesn't. Well, the reason he didn't testify is because obviously he'd perjure himself and he knows it. His legal representation, his back of the phone book lawyers know that he would uh, perjure himself all over the place. Like every answer would be another perjury charge. I think think his lawyers uh, helped him see that the stakes are so high here and he's going to lose anyway. Yeah. But I think his lawyers helped him see that the stakes are so high here 
and the risk is too great that you know uh, even on your best behavior even one wrong word can can make things worse so it's it's best if you don't yeah. and and maybe that got through to him in the end i think he is going to lose his businesses here yeah i think that is uh, obvious at this point i don't think he realizes it he he doesn't no. realize that he doesn't he doesn't yeah yeah Tenderon has yeah. already decided yeah that's it right, right. <laughs> that's it for the trump organization it's just the the extent to which well, that's it for the trump organization Really, this was all decided by Angron's clerk, as you know. Right, <laughs> right of course. Well, you know, the other angle to this is not only, let's say he has to take the stand and he were to testify, he would perjure himself. But on the other hand, if he decided, okay, well, I'm under oath, I got to tell the truth, otherwise I'm going to be uh, nabbed for perjury, a bunch of counts of perjury on top of right. everything else, he knows that he would have to tell the truth in that circumstance and just absolutely doesn't want to have those words come out of his mouth. He doesn't want to confess and confirm that he's a giant it, fraud. Because of his cowardice, this may have been the one time he realized it was better to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. Uh, and and but it is in the end it's uh, it's cowardice. He he and it it's a bad look. It's it, that's the problem here. I mean, yes, it would have been a stupid risky for him to get up on the stand, but at yeah. the same time not getting up on the stand uh sends a message of guilt. Well, can you imagine the news reports after that testimony? Oh, yeah, Donald Trump admitted in court today that he is a gigantic fraud and his right, entire right. business fortune on top of the fact that his entire brand is built on him being a businessman, a successful businessman. That's all a fraud. That's based on uh, uh, crimes and fraud and all the rest of it. I don't think he's going to ever, ever, ever confirm that. And so I think that's another reason why he decided not to testify. It's the perjury half of this, and it's also the telling the truth half of this. Donald Trump is absolutely fucked. He is screwed. There is no way. When you are such a professional con man as Donald Trump is, there's no way out of these situations. He either continues the con or he tells the truth, and either way, he is screwed. <laughs> because, yeah. Well, he'll yeah. continue the con, but he'll do so without his businesses and at great uh, cost to his personal fortune, or yeah. at least the, the fortunes of those who mortgage their homes to buy red hats. Right, right. Well, as part of that con, speaking of Donald Trump as a con man, uh, after the break here, I want to play this audio clip. It is our first bit of official AI propaganda for the 2024 election campaign. Season. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I really. I. I you know, despite my efforts to stay alive, uh, before AI uh, takes over, I need to be dead. <laughs> I, just, I know, I hear you. I, I, am, I am dreading this so much, and now yeah. it's starting, and I don't want it to. And anyway, let's let's hear what they've done. Yeah, we're going to talk about this in a second. They uh, did a, a deep fake, an AI deep fake of a segment from Meet the Press, and it's been circulated by a uh, senior advisor to the Donald Trump campaign. Not surprising. Not surprising that it would come from those guys. And so we'll play that clip here and just, just show to illustrate how nefarious yeah. – this is it's, how it's this exactly how this needs to be uh, uh, curtailed. This needs to be policed by social media platforms, especially platforms like TikTok and Twitter. I'm not holding my breath on that front, but you know what I mean. Okay. Plus, we've got some great news on the economy. That too, all still to come here on today's show. Back after these messages. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. All my friends say I'm crazy for taking you back again. But I can't find nobody that moves me quite the way you can. Situation, I don't want to hold you down, but I'm tired of using my imagination. God, you know, going back through all the music we played this year and hearing some of these songs again. I, I just I can't believe the caliber of recording artists we get to uh, play here in the show. This is I was uh, just about to say you only play the good stuff. This is Taylor Jules and a song called Helicopter that we debuted on the show this year. And such a great song. Both of the songs, both of the songs you play today could be hits as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and this particular one, is it me or does this have a flavor of yacht rock? Has a little yeah, bit of got that a, sound. Yeah. A, got a little smoothness to it. Yeah. 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 So good. Again, Sliding Taylor, along. Yeah. Taylor Jules Helicopter. Link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Nice. Uh, please support all of our indie recording artists. And uh, as I said, we've got the indie Christmas playlist coming up for our Patreon subscribers. Yay. Sometime this weekend. Sometime this weekend. I'm, With uh, you log for you video files. <laughs> yes. I'm rapidly going through my to-do list and, and knocking things off one oh, at a time. Oh, oh. Yeah. speaking of uh, artists and songs and uh, Christmas, uh, I have my own little Christmas playlist that I, you know, of classics and new stuff. And, yeah. And C.C. Uh, Grace's River. Uh, was oh came up, yeah! It was so good to hear that. I know you'll be playing that this week. I would suspect. Yeah, that is the last song we play every year. It was Ches's right, favorite right. Christmas song. Ches had his uh, or would have had his fifty fourth birthday yesterday, and we uh, right. still miss him terribly. And uh, and so one of the things we do to honor him is to play his favorite Christmas song at the end of the year, wow. the last thing that we ever play, and that'll be at the very end of. The uh, final after party this Friday. So uh, I love, yeah, I love yeah. it too. I love yeah, that. We'll song. play the CC Grace version of that song, which is so beautiful. So, CC, if you're listening, I'm listening. Yeah. And uh, David Ferguson's <laughs> cover of that song will appear on the Indie Christmas oh, playlist. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Love David and love that uh, that version, he, that cover. He's, he's very good, you know. Yes. He knows what he's doing <laughs> with the music. So, uh, we have our first bit of AI propaganda, and it's being circulated by Trump's people. This is uh, a little bit terrifying. You want to hear this thing? This is where they took uh, a segment from Garrett Hake uh, on Meet the Press Now. Correct. Mm -hmm. And turned it into a thing about the Republican debate, 
where and this is being circulated by Donald Trump. And it's a, it's a weird way to approach it. Like, okay, well, here's the enemy of the people saying nasty things about Donald Trump's enemies. And here's how it all played out. It starts out normal, and I think it starts out with the actual audio from the segment and then right. kind of smoothly transitions into the deep this, fake. This, okay, go ahead. Kill me. You'll, you'll hear it. It's very, very obvious. Here we go. And welcome to a special edition of Meet the Press Now, coming to you live from beautiful... Miami, Florida, as we count down to the third Republic. By the way, those audio dropouts, that wasn't part of the deep fake. That was just a glitch. So just, okay. just to be clear. Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News. I'm Garrett Hake, live from our NBC News debate hall spin room, where we are just hours away from five Republican candidates taking the stage. By the way, have I ever told you how much I hate the term spin room? Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to all go over to the lie room now. <laughs> We're all going to go over there and listen to the candidates' people lying in public. How about right. that? And it's we're going to debate call, after the debate. Yes, we're, we're going to euphemistically call it the spin room. Makes right. me gag. I fucking hate that so much. All right, tonight it's arguably a game of survival as the field faces major questions about the state of their own campaigns and the state of this race. With frontrunner Donald Trump maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. This is Ron DeSantis. Okay, this is where we get into the deep fake part. Okay, notice the smooth transition. I I hear no difference. I, I, Oh really? I I did hear a, a jump, but oh, I, there was yeah. a there was a weird edit, but I hear no difference in okay. terms of the quality of Garrett Hake's uh, okay. voice. Okay, I'll, I'll listen again. Okay, here we go. Maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. Here we go. This is Ron DeSantis, an establishment rhino that wears insoles in his boots in order to look taller. And this wow. is Nikki Haley. Nobody really gives a shit about Nikki Haley. This guy oh is probably just a stagehand. Who the f okay, I think he was talking about Chris Christie right there. This guy is probably right. a stagehand. So <laughs> that's, that's it. This guy is probably just a stagehand. Who the fuck invited this guy? <laughs> and this guy is probably just delivering pizzas. Anyway, nobody cares about these bullshit rhino debates, especially when you know that Donald Trump is going to kick some ass tonight. And then it cuts to God. this. And... Video clips of Donald Trump doing that two-fisted jerk-off maneuver that he does. See, I think Garrett Hake should be able. Garrett Hake should be able to sue them for sue him or them for every penny they've got. Yeah, uh, they do not have permission to. Use, I I don't know. I, I this is this is really spun off the rails, and uh, this is one of the most frightening aspects of AI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine the ones that don't get caught. I that I mean that it, actually brings up the next point in all this is that NBC has demanded that Trump senior advisor and campaign official Chris LaCivita take the deep fake video down. Yeah, uh, they're well. insisting. So in that case, I guess he's taking it down, right? No, it's still uh, uh, all over Twitter. Yeah, and you can't, and it always will be. Uh, yeah. It will always exist because that's the nature of the internet. You mm -hmm. can't unring that bell. Yeah, and and it's so frightening that although this quickly becomes obvious that this can't be real, mm -hmm. it still sounds real, and yeah. that in itself is a reminder of what can be accomplished if they weren't being quite so silly. Yep. Um, that's what's frightening about this. And not the fact that they made this, to them, funny little video. Uh, it's the fact that they could make it so real. And if they could do that with a bit, 
they can do that with disinformation. Yeah, we all have to be super careful in terms of what we circulate because there will also be some things that will appear on social media between now and the election that we start to circulate because it's favorable to us in some way, and it's actually a rat fuck. I mean, we got to be really uh, super careful now. Uh, uh, we no longer we no longer live in a. I seen it with my own eyes. World, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you you can no longer trust what you hear, yeah. what you see. I mean, not it hasn't gotten quite that bad yet, but it's starting, and this is evidence of that. This is evidence of how far and how frightening this can go. Okay, so before we wrap up, one of my favorite things in the world to do is to listen to the audio or watch the clips themselves uh, Uh of Fox News and Fox Business (laughs) reacting to great jobs numbers. And most often it's, yeah, it's like Maria Bartiromo uh, reacting on Fox Business. This is is her show uh, from Friday morning when the uh, latest jobs numbers dropped. Here we go. Overall, you got to look at this report as a big positive. We've got more jobs created than expected. Joe LaVorne, you've been saying this for a long time, saying that the economy is a lot stronger than anybody understands. Your reaction? It takes a while. Everything Steve said makes complete sense. Uh, The numbers are good numbers, uh, no question. The fact that the unemployment rate fell is good. It was because household employment was up over 700,000. How about that shit? How about them apples? Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, here's the thing. I just want to make sure we have the quotes right for the uh, movie poster and all this. Uh, Yes. So, a big positive. More jobs created than expected. Mm -hmm. The economy is a lot stronger than anybody understands. The numbers are good numbers. That'd be Fox Business. In other news... In other news, they're admitting it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not only are those things true, but the other headline here is they're admitting it. And I think that's what you're saying and what you just demonstrated with that with that uh, montage. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, economist Paul Krugman has a piece in the New York Times this morning saying, watch what people do, not what they say about mm-hmm. the economy. And it's the very thing. Remember me saying uh, the parking lots are full at Best Buy and the parking lots oh, are full yeah. at the grocery store and, and at, at Costco? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I... I've been saying is people whine about the economy and they whine about the prices. And I've been reading some fascinating stuff on that, but they whine about the prices and then they turn around and spend, spend, spend. Yep. Uh, like there's no end to the money. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this and end with inflation falling and with uh, even Fox economists saying uh, the, the economy is good. There's uh, was another survey out this week that said, uh, uh, people, public opinion is finally starting to turn around. Yeah. That, that, that that regular voters are starting to their opinions of the economy have actually swung upward in in uh, over the last month or two. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, that we're turning that frown upside down. <laughs> and the election is still a year away, uh, so the polls uh, don't mean nothing. Yeah, and uh, and that frown that we've been seeing about inflation. Uh, may not uh, be a factor either, right. uh, because that 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 is all changing. The per, not the the percept the, the facts uh, have improved, the reporting has improved, and the public perception has improved. And we've still got time ahead of us while we point out this guy who wants to be a fascist on day one or maybe more. Yeah. So just a few uh, numbers here for you: uh, one hundred ninety nine thousand jobs added in November. Right. The unemployment rate went down 
by mm-hmm. 0.2% to 3.7%. That's fantastic. That's a great number. And uh, based on the numbers I looked up from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is the pace of job creation is exceeding both the Clinton and Reagan eras. So if you look at Joe Biden's job creation record, the number of jobs created month over month over month, faster pace than the job creation under Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan both. Uh, And finally, the University of Michigan said on Friday that its consumer sentiment index. Yeah, here it is. Jumped by 13 percent to Uh 69.4. 69, Uh dude. As people became less worried about inflation and more right. optimistic about a number of issues. Right. That not only ended the downturn, but reversed the decline, returning the sentiment index to where it was in August. So that's Ooh, all great yeah, fucking news. Yeah. That is fantastic news. That is yep. great news. And and uh, E.J. Dion wrote in the Washington Post uh, about Biden uh, and the key parts of B- Biden's advisor's plan is for him to acknowledge that prices are a problem and highlight what he's doing to bring them down, to focus less on the number of jobs created and more on the good wages those jobs are paying an increase that's especially large for lower paid positions, hmm. which was the Trump uh, voting base. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the president has a plan for attacking this. And uh, with all these other turnarounds and all the developments against Trump, I think things are looking pretty good as we approach the end of this year. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, too. Uh, obviously, that can turn around. Uh, I mean, at some point, I sure. feel as though I'm going to meet that uh, transition period where suddenly I... I become the don't get happy guy. Uh, but, you know, I think that's well, a, always. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, generally speaking, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I still feel uh, panicked and freaked out by the stakes for obvious reasons. And I continue to be disillusioned with my fellow voters in the United States for making some weird decisions. But. They're slow to catch on, I think. Yeah, well, generally speaking, I think we're moving in the right direction. And, right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I've got my fingers crossed that uh, women will turn out in massive numbers uh, because of some of these atrocities that we've been seeing uh, with abortion and on and on and on. I think young people are going to turn out as well. And, and more men will be standing with you as well in that battle. Yes, indeed. Okay, so that's it. That's it for uh, 2023, at least the Tuesday show. We've got another show coming up tomorrow. Uh, obviously, John Billingsley from Star Trek Enterprise. Right. Dr. Flox is going to join us. And then we have our last Thursday show on Thursday. Right. And then the 80s part three on Friday. Yay. And then I just fall over in a giant heap. Uh, just pass out on the floor, <laughs> and that's it for well, me. Yeah. Well, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, same, same, same. And uh, we've got best of shows throughout the two-week break and the Indie Christmas playlist. Lots of goodies for you to latch on to and, and listen to as you enjoy your holiday break, as I will be, as all of us will be here. Okay, uh, meantime, Shadow Docket continues on our Patreon page. We keep on talking. We're going to talk about Buzz's annual Santa performance coming up, <laughs> plus the uh, consequences of the Republican war on education and a whole lot more. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. See you over there. $5 a month for the Shadow Docket. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.